Hi, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and I'm delighted to join you as always today. So in the last episode, I talked through the 10 common fundraising mistakes that small businesses make. And today what I'm going to actually share with you is a simple nine-step process that you can use to incorporate fundraising into your marketing joyfully, legally and effectively. So you've probably heard me say many, many times before about how incorporating fundraising into your marketing can be a really, really powerful way to grow your business and raise funds for charities or social causes at the same time. But that's only the case when it's done well. And I'm speaking from personal experience of all the fundraising I've done myself through my business over the years and working with different clients. And when I was preparing or getting ready to write my book, if you like, I started to go through everything that I'd done and identify when things went well, what specifically that I did I do that seemed to get a better results than the times when things didn't go quite so well? And that's really what I consolidated and wrote about in my book. But it's also what I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I suppose what's different about what I'm going to share with you today versus what's in my book is my book's probably the bigger picture, but because it also includes the many different ways that we can actually support charities and social causes. Whereas in this podcast episode, I'm really, really going to be specific about it, it, how you can implement fundraising into your marketing. And to do it in a way that you're going to increase the likelihood of growing your business by doing so. And this is, you know, when you when you incorporate fundraising into your marketing, it's it's commonly known as cause marketing. And the intention, I guess, today is I just want to share as much as I possibly can in the time that I've got available. There is so much to share that I couldn't possibly cover it in the time that we have. So if you haven't already got a copy of my book, you might want to check that out there where I also cover things like what is cause marketing and comparing it to things like philanthropy, sponsorship and explaining the distinction between the the different phrases, if you like. And I also cover some the best some of the best practices and legalities around cause marketing so let me actually just get straight into the content oh actually maybe before I do what I'll also mention is that I will be mentioning lots of different resources as I'm going through the show so I will mention all of these in my show notes which you can find at alison.com forward slash podcast and that's alison spelt a-l-i-s-o-u-n or you can go to give to profit.com and on both of those pages you'll also be able to find a, a link to a written version of this show because I've actually created it as a blog as well and if once you've listened to the show, you've checked out all those different resources and you want to find more, inf- out, more information about how to do this, or you want support and how to do that, then you can always get in touch and check out the Give to Profit fundraising challenge as well. So that all said, let me get straight into the content. And what I'm going to be sharing here are nine steps to incorporating fundraising into your marketing. And these steps really counteract the um, 10 mistakes that I talked about in the last episode. So the very first one 
is about getting clear on your why. So most people who choose to raise funds for causes through their business do so because they have a, a cause close to their hearts that they want to support or they want they feel they want to give back or there's a particular social or environmental problem that they want to solve. Whatever your reason, the very first thing it's worth doing before you start doing any fundraising is getting clear on why you want to incorporate your fundraising into your business. Because knowing this will help you decide the best cause or causes to support and partner with, as well as the best fundraising strategies to adopt. So I suggest you start by asking yourself questions such as, why do I want to do this? What impact do I want to have? How would I like my business to benefit from my fundraising? What personal benefits could I get met through my fundraising? Your why relates to what will be different as a direct consequence of your fundraising. So this isn't about what you want to do or, or your ideas around how you're going to, to do your fundraising. And it's not even about the actual amount you want to raise. It's actually about the, the specific social problem that you want to solve or help by raising the funds. So what specifically will be different as a direct consequence of you actually doing this fundraising? So I've given you an, if I give you an example, I have just committed to raising funds to build a school in Cambodia. So this is the why for most of my current fundraising activities. In the past, I've raised funds to sponsor Rwandan genocide survivors to help fund my humanitarian trips and various different projects to tackle homelessness in Scotland. And having defined a social impact mission statement more recently for my business, I've also actually aligned my business to the UN global sustainability goals. So now I'm very focused on raising funds for projects that are aligned to these both locally and overseas. So my social impact mission statement is to improve the lives of a million people by making it easy for businesses to be a profitable force for good and by supporting causes that tackle poverty, education and social justice. So for me, now you, you, you don't actually need to have a social mission statement right now before you start your fundraising, but some people actually find it easier to actually look at the bigger picture and to, to do that, if you like. Um, but for me, because I have that social impact mission statement, all the, chat, all the causes that I'm going to support need to be aligned to that, that, that bigger mission. All the, all the different charitable giving activities and social impact activities I do will be aligned to that social impact mission statement. So when it comes to my why, it's about, you know, why, am I, why do I want to raise funds? It's because I want to build a school in Cambodia. Um, building a school in Cambodia ticks all the boxes when it comes to those UN global sustainability goals in that building a school links into the education piece, which to me, I feel is one of the key critical things that we need to do to help people move out of poverty. But also it ties in, building a school in Cambodia specifically ties into my values around social justice and in particular around wanting to help refugees and those that have suffered as a consequence of genocide and more. So it, you can see, well hopefully you can you can see by listening to what I'm saying here how there's a why 
that is going to influence all the different fundraising activities that I do. And I'll continue to share that as I'm going through each of these different steps to, to highlight, if you like, um, where the thread is that comes through all these different steps. If you do want to have any more information on um, defining a social impact mission statement, you can get in touch. I run workshops and I'm going to have um, an online programme that covers that in the next few months, as well as I do work with people on a one-to-one -one basis. So happy to help with that. But as I said, it's not critical at this stage. What's most important is you're clear on why you want to raise funds and why you want to raise them through your business. Once you've done that, it's about choosing a charity or cause to support. So that's step number two. Obviously, if you already have a cause close to your heart that you want to support through your business, that's great. And you could go straight on to the next step. Although I do suggest that you listen to um, a couple of the things I'm just going to share about um, the selection of charities. If you don't have a cause to support, you're not alone. Lots of people I speak to come with the desire to do good in the world, but don't have a cause in mind. And if I'm honest, that was me too, until I got clear on the type of cause that I wanted to support. I have written, there's a whole chapter on this in my book, and there's also a blog post which I will share in the show notes on how to choose a charity or social cause to support through your business. So you can always check out those resources too, which will go into things in more detail that I'm going to cover in this episode, because that topic alone I could talk for about an hour on, or probably actually more. I just wanted to pick up a couple of things that I don't mention in that blog post or in my so when it comes to fundraising, it's worth also considering what support or resources the charities or social causes that you're considering supporting have for businesses that are raising funds for them. So for instance, do they have a nominated person or team to support their business fundraisers, or at least someone you can speak to about your fundraising? It certainly makes implementing your fundraising and the whole process of part well actually partnering with them and processing donations much much easier particularly if you actually have to draw up a cause marketing agreement so the third step is about setting your fundraising goal and obviously one of the main aspects of this is about deciding how much money you're wanting to raise and the time frame for which you're going to in which you're going to raise that money but part of the process is also about defining any other desired outcomes or benefits and impact that you'd like for you personally your business and the cause that you're supporting because these can actually become metrics that will help you choose the best fundraising ideas to implement and also they'll become metrics that you can use to measure the impact of your fundraising rather than simply just the value of funds raised because to me the value of your fundraising is not actually just simply about the amount that you raise it's also about how effectively that money is put to use in terms of what impact has raising that money had on the lives of others or the sustainability of the planet or whatever the whatever your why is you know it's, it's coming back to that why and has your fundraising actually helped you achieve that why or um, moved nearer you being able to have the impact that you really really would like to have in the world 
So the fourth step is all about coming up with compelling fundraising ideas. So now's the time to get your creative juices running and to come up with highly attractive fundraising ideas that will appeal to your customers and your wider business network. So the easiest way to incorporate fundraising into your business is to consider existing activities that you could add a fundraising element to. However, it is also worth considering new or one-off activities that would appeal to your audience. So at this stage, you're not really deciding what idea you're going to go with or ideas you're going to go with. You're coming up with your top few ideas. And so if I give some examples of ideas, fundraising ideas that you can add to your marketing, it could be donating a specific amount from every sale to the particular cause and mentioning this in your marketing. It could be running a fundraising event. Uh, and it could be a one-off event. It could be a series of events. Um, it could be about creating a product or a service that will be that you'll sell as a fundraising fundraising product or service. So that still comes within the the realms of marketing because marketing is actually about the pricing. It's about your promotions. It's about the product service range, as well. So if you want any more ideas on how you can raise funds through your business, then check out my ebook, 52 Ways to Raise Funds for Causes Through Your Business, and I will share that in the show notes too. So the fifth step is about optimising your impact and deciding which ideas to implement. Now, you've probably heard of you know, the win-win situation, and you might even have heard of the triple win. What I encourage people to do is to explore what I call the seven plus win model. So ahead of deciding each which ideas to actually implement, your next step is about exploring how you could expand, monetize and simplify each of your favorite ideas for maximum impact and maximum return on your investment. So rather than simply considering your ideas from your own perspective and even from the perspective of your business and the cause you're actually taking it a few steps further because you're going to be considering things from the perspective of the resources that each of those parties have available and their networks and there's a whole chapter on how to do this in my book as well and actually that's something else I probably need to do a podcast on and a blog post on so that I'll add that to the list because um, it's really really powerful when you see how how you can expand an idea but what's also important is it is also important to keep things simple too. So the sixth step is all about planning to succeed. So now is the time when you're going to plan how you want to allocate your resources, define timelines in a similar way that you would to any other business goals or projects. However, when you've got, when you're dealing with fundraising, there are some specific tasks it would be good for you to include in your planning. So the first one is to speak to your chosen cause to find out how they like to partner with businesses, whether they have a cause marketing agreement or partnership agreement that they would like you to use, how they prefer donations to be processed, what data they can provide you that shows you 
the tangible difference your donations will have made and whether or not they can support you in any of your fundraising efforts. You know, the, the charity that I'm going to be building a school in Cambodia through is providing me with all sorts of information. It's going to be really, really helpful for me to gain support from other people in my team who are who are joining me in, in the adventure, um, but also that will help us demonstrate the impact of what we're doing. The second thing you want to include in this planning stage is about checking out what cause marketing legislation applies to you and obviously to take steps to comply with this. This is often based on the country your business is located in or the scope of your fundraising activities and or the type of cause that you're raising funds for. So go, if you haven't already done so, check out my blog or book where I cover cause marketing legislation and best practices. Another thing it's worth including in your planning stage is getting legal and tax advice if needed to comply with any legislation and to work out the best way for you to collect and process donations that doesn't have any adverse um, financial implications or tax implications for you. It's also worth checking out, you, you know, actually considering your marketing processes and updating these um, with the fundraising that you're, you're doing and updating any communication. So for instance, email or blog footers, you might want to update your social media profiles or images or website even as appropriate. Um, so you're just be, you, you just want to be thinking about how can I let people know about the fundraising that I'm doing? It may be included in part of a fundraising campaign um, not, camp not a fundraising campaign, a marketing campaign already, but it may not be. So it's actually just making sure that you're, you're thinking about things from the perspective of marketing and getting support for this fundraising that you're actually doing. Where you're creating one-off fundraising activities that don't form part of a marketing or sales plan, then effectively what you're looking to do is create a marketing plan for your fundraising to communicate what you're doing, canvas support and generate those donations. You might also want to scope out in your plan how you are going to engage your clients and people in your business community with your fundraising activities. And when I say engage, it's not just about supporting you in terms of making donations, but how, could, how might they want to be involved or could they be involved? A really important thing to make sure you include in your planning stage is defining how you'll measure your impact and return on your investment in the form of what's known as key performance indicators, so KPIs is, is how they're often known as, or critical success factors. So by doing this at the start, when you're at the planning stage, this means that you actually have criteria against which you can monitor your progress and gather useful data and media and stories while you're actually working towards your fundraising goals. So don't leave all of it to the end. As you're actually fundraising, be just taking a note of what's going well, record stories, take photos and monitor the data so you have this to share with people um, that are wanting to support you or are supporting you because quite a lot of people will be interested to hear how you're getting on, not just 
wait, they won't want to just wait until you get to the end. They're, they'll actually be really interested in what you're doing while you're fundraising too. And that is the positives and also some of the challenges. You know, don't be scared to show the vulnerability in what you, any vulnerabilities when things don't go the way you expect them to. Um, as with everything else, not everything goes as planned. Um, one of the other things that actually it's worth looking at is updating any other relevant processes, including you know your marketing, your client servicing, your bookkeeping, and any management information that you collect. So for instance, I certainly find the easiest way of um, keeping on track of my key, my, the key performance indicators, the way in which I want to measure my fundraising success, is to just include it in my monthly checklist, which includes gathering certain information. Um, bookkeeping, for instance, it's making sure that I'm, I, I include in my um, monthly checklist a, a, a task which is to process donations and to make sure those donations go to the causes I'm supporting so I'm not holding on to the money. Um, so it's just actually reviewing any relevant processes. If you do want help with the planning stage and implementing any of your fundraising ideas, uh, you can get access to more in-depth training materials and ongoing support through the Fundraising Challenge and the Gift to Profit online community. So I will share links to those in the show notes. The seventh step is actually quite simply implementing your ideas and monitoring your progress. So obviously once you move from planning into action and this simply involves doing what you scoped out in your plan and monitoring your progress towards those key deliverables I've just mentioned with other stakeholders where relevant. Now, I mean, I know that I'm, I'm sort of running through each of these steps and any one of them, I'm sure you can now appreciate, I could go into it in a lot more detail, but this podcast would go on for hours and hours. And that's actually why I've created the Fundraising Challenge, because it goes into all of this in so much detail. There's modules on each of these steps. Um, so apologies if you, if, I, if you may feel that I'm just skimming over some of these steps, but I also want to keep um, this at quite a high level for you too so that you can consume what I'm sharing in the space of um, certainly under an hour is my target here with this podcast which I'm hoping is on track I'm hoping is on track so the eighth step is all about celebrating your success and measuring your impact once you've reached your fundraising goal or come to the end of the time frame that you set yourself for your fundraising it's time to measure and evaluate your success and to celebrate your achievements especially 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 if you've achieved your goal and or if this is the first time that you've raised funds through your business. This is something to celebrate no matter what's happened. So please stop at this stage, pause and celebrate and reflect on what you have achieved. Measuring and evaluating your fundraising will help you determine which fundraising strategies work best and will give you information that you can share with people who are really interested in the good that you're doing. Remember, consumers, staff and investors now prefer businesses that are contributing to society. So you need to have accurate information about your fundraising that you can share with them. You may also have other stakeholders who influence how your business 
allocates your resources. You know, if you have a board of directors or shareholders who need information on the effectiveness of each fundraising campaign to justify continuing to allocate resources to the, to the campaign continuing or similar activities in the future. So the type of things it's, it's good to consider at this stage is what have you achieved? How do you feel about the funds that you've raised? What impact will raising these funds have? How do you feel about the difference the funds raised will make? What, will work, what worked well? What didn't work well? What insights or learning are you taking away from this? And what could you do differently next time? Before you can accurately answer any of these questions, I'm sure you'll agree, you need to have measured your success. And as I've already touched on, one of the ways I suggest you doing this is relative to, relative to the critical success factors or key performance indicators you've defined when you were planning your fundraising campaign in step number six. So, I have to, I mean, I have to admit the bit I, I suppose, I least enjoy about fundraising is probably that measuring piece in terms of getting into the nitty gritty of things. But there are people who can help you with that. And, you know, even if you've got a bookkeeper and assistant who can actually just go and check out the management information, I love, I guess the bit I love doing is telling people stories, which is the next part. Um, and, and I suppose part of that is actually looking at how you... Um, can use the information and get creative in the information that you gather. And that's maybe one of the things that has helped me get more excited about the way in which I measure my impact. And actually for me, it's knowing, it's the sharing the stories, sharing how the stories of those who have been impacted by the work that I'm doing, that's what feels good. And so when I focus in on that, gathering that information, which is part of that evaluation process, um, makes it far more enjoyable and I just get help for the bits that I don't enjoy quite so much. I'm sure there are things that you don't enjoy quite as much as other things too. We all have different preferences, I'm sure. Um, so um, I do actually also have a blog on this topic in terms of how to measure your impact and there's also a chapter in my book so I will make sure that the link to that blog is shared in the show notes too. So the seventh, that's sort of not the seventh step, the ninth step is actually about sharing your story. And this is so, so important because how are the people that don't know you yet, the consumers, anybody that might come and work for you or people that might want to partner with you or in people that might want to invest in you if you're looking for investors, how are they going to know about the good you're doing unless you're sharing it? So, so I know that some people feel really, really hesitant and unsure about this step, about sharing their charitable giving. It's almost as if it's more honourable not to talk about your philanthropy. And when you do this personally, it's fine to keep quiet about the philanthropic donations that you're making. But it's different when fundraising through your business. If your customers, your audience, your business partners and other stakeholders are to perceive you as a business and brand that cares about more than simply making money, you need to be telling them what you're not only what you're doing, but 
telling them about the stories, telling them about the impact that you are having through the fundraising that you are doing. Obviously, when you're incorporating fundraising into your marketing to promote what you're doing right at that very start of the process, you'll already have shared some aspects of your story. So, for instance, you might have explained why you're doing what you're doing right at the start. And you'll have shared details of your fundraising campaign right at the start. And you might have shared that in your marketing materials, in your sales literature, in packaging if you've got actual products. But that's only part of the story. It's so important to continue to share your progress towards your fundraising goals together with providing those these interesting updates in the form of videos or letters from those that have benefited from the, your fundraising. Nowadays, we've got so much information that we can actually share. Um, and it's great to just share those and to drip feed that with everybody who is interested in what you're doing and connected to your brand. And again, I share more about how to do all of that in my Give to Profit book. So in my experience, it is much easier to achieve any fundraising goals through your business when you follow the nine steps that I have just shared with you. And that's not just in terms of raising the money that you set out to raise, but it's also about doing it in a way that actually grows your business. And if you follow these nine steps, you're more likely to experience that and to experience it in a way that feels good, that, you know, is effective in a number of different ways for you, your business, the cause and, you know, the impact that you're trying to have and is also compliant with all legislation and and doesn't get you into any kind of trouble, you know, whether or not that's legally or from a financial perspective, because these are all things that are important to reflect on. So I hope you find this helpful. Thanks for listening. I realise that some people might, may find this a little overwhelming when getting going, but honestly, it really is quite straightforward when you take this one step at a time. Personally, I have just found incorporating fundraising into my business, it really has been one of the best things I have ever done in my life. Not only has it helped me grow my business in terms of initially, you know, getting more clients and generating more income and creating new products and services, it's also opened doors and, and doors that wouldn't have been open to me um, if I hadn't been doing the fundraising. And it means I'm also surrounded by people who share similar values, not just in terms of my support team and friends and family, but actually also attracting in more clients and partners into my community who share similar values or a similar interest. So by embracing the part of me that wants to do good in the world into my business, rather than keeping it at the door, I found um, it helped me feel more whole. It unleashed a much deeper sense of connection and satisfaction in my heart that I didn't have before. Yes, I did love my business in terms of what I was doing before I started doing the fundraising. But it still felt there was something missing because I was leaving a 
critical part of me, that, that part of me that wants to make a difference, it, I was leaving it outside my business. Yes, I was motivated to make a difference, but that wasn't enough. I wanted to be doing more. And so I certainly found fundraising was one of the ways which gave me that alignment and made it just made so much to do with my business so much easier. But only when I followed these steps, you know, the, the mistakes I shared in the last episode, and if you haven't listened to it, I do encourage you to go off and listen to it. The mistakes that I shared there are, were mistakes that I made along the way where things didn't go as well, as much as mistakes I've seen other people make. And I wouldn't want you to make the same mistakes. I do realise that all of us, you know, we learn by making mistakes, but hopefully through listening to the last episode and this episode, you will be able to implement fundraising ideas that are more likely to be successful and feel good and not be overwhelming and certainly help you grow your business rather than hinder it in any way. So please do... Um, connect and share your thoughts or any of the fundraising experiences you've you've had actually be great to hear about or any questions that you've got on this topic with me on social media the links as always will be in the show notes and you're also welcome to join my fundraising challenge anytime where I teach business owners and entrepreneurs of micro and small to medium sized businesses how to use fundraising to grow a business and do good at the same time. It's an online course that you work through at your own pace. We have training modules for each of the steps that I've talked about in this episode. And there is also online support and Q&A calls from me to help you implement your ideas. So go check the show notes if you want to find more about that or just go to givetoprofit.com and you'll find a link for that there too. So I look forward to connecting with you again soon. And as always, remember, business is a great opportunity to be kind and what you do next matters. Bye-bye.